0: Yes, the Dallas Cowboys still have some issues to fix offensively, but they are taking a big step in the right direction, specifically in one area that should help the Cowboys moving forward. Let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com Dallas. And as always, remember to hit the like button for me because every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. What's up, everyone? hope that you guys are having a fun Monday night. The game is not as exciting as I thought it would be. The Seahawks are leading the Giants 7-0 right now, with 540 remaining in the second quarter. I thought it would be more of a high-scoring game. It isn't so far. The Giants are not looking great. We knew coming into the game that Andrew Thomas was not playing, but hey, I was expecting a little bit more for the Giants and for the Seahawks, but that's the NFL. We'll see how it plays out. Usually, we say some stuff about the primetime games when we're live here on primetime. And then the day after, it gets pretty wild. Like, I, I finish the stream, watch the second half at home, and then boom, it, it all goes out. So, we'll see what happens this time around. Maybe by Tuesday night when we see each other again, it'll be a a 50 to 49 game that we're talking about because things blew up in the second half. Anyways, enough Giants and Seahawks talk. Let's talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. And I actually did not change the overlay to today's show. Uh, We need to talk about some stuff here offensively. As you can see from the rundown of the show at the left of the screen, you can see that it's going to be a pretty offensive-centric show right now for the uh, primetime. But let me say hi really quickly, though. Uh, We've got Gregory. We've got Katharina, Bruce, Toxic Tom. We've got Inez and Justin, Candid, Colin as well in the room. We've got a lot of people here. I appreciate you for joining the show. Let's get right to it. I feel like the Cowboys offense was honestly even better than I thought it was upon watching the replay today. It was a pretty efficient game for the Cowboys in a lot of ways. Now, on Sunday night, we did talk a lot about Dak Prescott's accuracy and efficiency, moving the offense down the field. Sure, not necessarily punch it in, and we know that that is the problem for the Cowboys right now. The head coach is being asked about the red zone woes. The offensive coordinator, Dak Prescott, Everyone knows that what needs to be fixed for Dallas heading into week five and beyond is what they do once they are inside the 20-yard line. By the way, inside the 20-yard line means literally inside it. I've been watching football for a long, long time. I've been covering football professionally since 2017, yet I never knew I really didn't know that, and and I'm not alone, fortunately, because reporters asked Dak Prescott about this on Sunday night. But I didn't know that the 20 does not count as the red zone. Now, Dak Prescott made me feel a little bit foolish because when he was asked about it, his reaction was like, well... Duh, <laughs> almost. He didn't say it, but the tone was there. The sneaky smile was there. And he was like, yeah, it's not, the 20 is not inside the 20. So it makes sense. Officially on the NFL books, it turns out that for it to a red zone touchdown, it's gotta be from the 19 yard line and forward. I would have thought the 20 counted. I don't, uh, it makes sense inside the 20. It makes sense. But still, I was pretty freaked out by that. Even wrote an article about it. And Dak even said, and I'll get into the offense shortly here, but Dak even said that coming into the game, the Cowboys were aware that once they were inside the red zone, Bill Belichick would take away CeeDee Lamb. With, you know, doubles or scheme-wise, he was going to eliminate CeeDee Lamb. And Dak even said that Ryan Schottenheimer had told cd that if he was going to get a touchdown on sunday it would have to be from outside the red zone which is exactly what happened technically because the touchdown pass to cd lamb which was an absolute dime by the way came from the 20 yard line the cowboys were at the 20 that had cd isolated one-on-one and went deep on the fade route as i said last night That kind of counted to as a red zone touchdown. Officially, though, it is not the case. One for four. And uh, you could say that the Cowboys actually went two for five in the red zone. But I thought that was funny. Uh, I didn't know that. I really didn't. uh, Brought it up to my colleagues on ADZ Sports. And some people knew it. Some people didn't know it. Somebody had found out like last year when using filters on Sports Info Solutions, which gives you all sorts of wild stats. So I thought it was something fun that I wanted to mention tonight. That being said, though, let's table the red zone conversation for a second here. And I'm going to get into the comments briefly. But let me say this. One thing that we saw from the Cowboys game versus the Patriots that we didn't in Arizona was the verticality of offense. But when we put that into the conversation we might think that we're talking about 20 yard plus type plays and I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the intermediate passing game which was close to non-existent versus the Cardinals it was back for the Cowboys versus the Patriots and a quick look at the numbers really shows you what I'm talking about in week three throws made Between 10 and 19 yards down the field, the Cowboys were one for six. There just was nothing doing in that sense. In week four, that went up to six of eight. Dak Prescott made eight throws between 10 and 19 yards down the field. This is not the total game, but the depth of the target. And the Cowboys completed six of those passes. In total, that was good for 89 yards. Prescott completing 75% of the passes in that area is obviously huge for the offense. And you can see that the deep game was pretty much the same. 2-4-3. Oh, that's actually swapped out. Let me correct that really quickly. So 2-4-3 is for week four, and then 2-4-4 is for week three. Sorry about that. And by the way, 2-4-3, a little bit of a misleading number right there because one of those, the, the incompletion, Is a drop. That's Luke Schoonmaker's almost caught pass in the end zone. Almost a touchdown. Luke Schoonmaker going up in the air. Not coming down with it. But still, a pretty nice pass from Dak Prescott. Let's call it a solid effort from Schoonmaker. Because, yes, it is a drop. But also, it would have been a heck of a play for Luke Schoonmaker if he had made it. So, it's not like... not all. I mean, what I'm trying to say is not all drops are created equal and that's an understandable drop if we can say it like that even if we're disappointed at it but the area where you really see the difference is the intermediate passing game and the way that the cowboys got to it by the way is something that i also enjoyed watching in the replay and i even made some doodles you're not going to see a whole lot of these ones but yeah (laughs) because i didn't prepare them graphic wise but There was a throw to Jake Ferguson. When did it happen? Second and nine on their own territory. So they're not waiting for a third and long. And they're actually running four verticals pretty much on second and nine. Not exactly four verticals because the outside receivers are halting. So it's kind of like a vertical fake to put it one way. Then there was another intermediate throw on first and 10 out of play action before halftime trying to get into a scoring position. You had four verticals out of 13 personnel on the on the City lamp touchdown. Cowboys had three tight ends on the field. They were attached to the offensive line. And it was four verticals, second and five from the 20-yard line. Early down deep shot is what I'm trying to really highlight here. And there were a lot of these throws. I just think that overall, the Cowboys were more aggressive on early downs. So it's not only third and longs that you're getting into, but Either you're moving the sticks, you're staying ahead of the sticks, or you're getting into third and short situations in which the Cowboys have really been pretty successful at. The Cowboys have been pretty good at moving the chains on third and short, and that is in big part thanks to a successful running game in short situations. Now, just thinking about it out loud, and I'm Googling it as we speak, I'm going to use team rankings for this. It's usually the website that I go for, yeah, this makes sense. Cowboys are the best team in the NFL in third down conversion percentage. That's pretty good. 52% if we round it up, and the Buffalo Bills are second with 51%. Kansas City Chiefs are third in the league. Surprisingly, the Texans and the Tampa Bay Bucks follow. But still, first on the league in third down conversions in percentage-wise, that's pretty cool to see. But anyways, that those are just some thoughts that I wanted to get through you uh, on today's show. I love to see more aggressiveness on second and down specifically. And I think that the Cowboys were able to push the ball down the field a little bit more. And that was awesome to see on the replay. I haven't fully dove into the old 22 because I haven't watched the defense. So this is mostly about the offense. But Pretty good things from the Cowboys unit overall. Now, let's see some of your comments here in the chat. Let's see here. Uh, yes, it is live, Twist. Thank you for joining the show. Live from Mexico says uh, somebody else. I'm sorry, I missed who it was. But let's see here. Bob says, I'm concerned with these quick dumps. Prescott is going to miss a lot of big play, long completions that could develop. And it's definitely a different type of offense. Just to give you an idea, Dak Prescott's average intended air yards per attempt are at 5.4, which is a career low by a wide margin. To put it into perspective, the lowest that he had had coming into 2023 was 7.5. And right now it stands at 5.4. Now let's take that with a grain of salt. Because I don't really believe that this number is going to stay the same. It's bound to go up. On Sunday, it was around 6.6. So a little bit more of a a, a tiny push down the field. It's definitely going to be quick game passing for the entire year. It's going to be slants. It's going to be flats. It's going to be just West Coast type offensive football. Brian Schottenheimer talked to the media today and in the press conference, he mentioned something about Dak Prescott being very smart with the checkdowns and not really forcing the football down the field when it wasn't there. He talked about how the Patriots played a high shell of coverage and how Dak was pretty smart to trust the offense and trust the short throws, even when it had to be like behind the sticks And he even mentioned a specific third and down play where he targeted Jake Ferguson behind the sticks and then Ferguson did the rest, getting the yards after the catch. So it's a little bit of a trade-off. I think we are going to see shorter throws for the entire year. But as long as you're getting what you got versus the Patriots, where you're getting some vertical mixed into it and you're generating explosive plays, like the Cowboys did on Sunday, then it should be fine. I do believe that you cannot win ball games with only quick passing. You cannot. You need the explosives, whether you're creating them with darts after the catch, which is an area where I believe the Cowboys should be getting better at moving forward because you're deciding to live in this world. Players better step up with those darts after the catch and you as an offense, better position them to do that. But there is also some risk where if you can't get those explosives going, then you're going to suffer a little bit in that sense as an offense, just overall. So it's a good comment from... Oh, sorry, I forget who it was. Uh, I think it was Bob. It's a good comment and a good valid concern from Bob, but... It's also to the point where I'm liking what I'm seeing in so many ways, though. Like, I'm liking what I'm seeing in so many ways. But the key to all of this making sense is going to be nailing this intermediate throws that the Cowboys did nail on, on Sunday. That's what you want moving forward. But yes, I did want to bring up the fact that Dak Prescott's intended urge yards per attempt are at an all time low. 5.4, lowest in his career before this year, has been 7.5. And that was in his rookie season, by the way. So that's a long way from, from today. Let's see here. Ladies and gentlemen, what you have to say? I see a lot of comments from the Monday night football game. He is not playing. Saquon Barkley is not playing, ladies and gentlemen. Gilbert says Tolbert had a few good catches, and Tolbert was one of those with the yards after the catch as well. Jake Ferguson, too. Michael Gallup obviously uh, got some of those as well. Michael Gallup, low key, low key, um, really showing that he can gain those yards after the catch, by the way. Now, on a similar note, I wanted to point out the fact that the Cowboys are the third best offense in scoring in a single drive like even if it's field goals third best scoring percentage in the entire league 31st in turnovers turnover percentage 31st in the nfl so second best in other words and although there are some red zone concerns and we're gonna get into those briefly i'm seeing a lot of good from the cowboys offense just like objectively it might be a little bit tough When you're watching on Sunday and you're like, man, just punch it in. This is going to cost us when we play the 49ers and we play the Eagles. It's easy to get that, to let that get to you. But you also got to see all the positive stuff that we are seeing from Dallas. Because there's really a lot of it. Now, some concerns here. I have some concerns and I have like just a couple of complaints here. Obviously, the red zone execution, but I'm going to leave that until later for now. And I'm going to say, Deuce Vaughn might be a little bit at risk here moving forward in terms of snaps. Let's start with the fact that, and I know that Rico Dowdle is injured and that is going to be a part of the conversation later. But Deuce Vaughn, right now, out of the four running backs, is the guy who least contributes. On offense and on special teams. Just to give you an idea, Deuce Vaughn has 11 snaps on special teams. Hunter Lipke has 60. Rico Dowdle, who's the number two running back and who's been involved, has 38 special team snaps. So Deuce Vaughn, unsurprisingly, really, has not been a factor on special teams. And that alone puts him a little bit at risk when we have these type of conversations but the Cowboys seemed like they wanted to try him out in protection looks, and it didn't look pretty. There were two particular plays where Deuce Vaughn was an issue in in pass pro. One of them, and it's the first one, which happened in the first half, and when we get the old 22 clipped up and everything, I think we're going to dive into this play here on primetime, but for now, I'm going to just talk us through it. Cowboys get on max protect, which means you're getting seven blockers, For Dak Prescott, five offensive linemen up front. And then the Cowboys, it was third and eight straight up. They lined up Jake Ferguson to the right of Dak Prescott. And to the left, you had Deuce Vaughn. Those two were not going to go out and run a route. They were going to stay in and block for Dak. The Patriots really get into this 5-0 look, which means they're getting five players on the defensive line essentially, not that they are a defensive lineman, but they're threatening the offensive line to the point where you're not sliding. You're, if you're an offensive line and you get that five versus five look, you're not sliding towards any side because you're playing man to man. Because it's five versus five, you got to have a body on at least you know one of these players. But then behind them, you get Vaughn bon and you get Ferguson. So the Patriots force, the man-to-man protection, or some coaches would call it solid, some coaches would call it big on big, and then they stunt the interior defensive linemen, and let's say it: Tyler Viadish and Zach Martin get destroyed on that play. Credit to the Patriots, but you, I'm not used to seeing Zach Martin and Viadish get destroyed on the stunt like that, but they do. I'm not exactly sure who's responsible. I need the old 22 for that, but they get destroyed on that play, and Deuce Vaughn watches number 91 with a clear path to the quarterback, and I don't know if he doesn't see him, or I don't know if he takes him an eternity to react. I don't know if he just doesn't get there quickly enough, but it's a play where he doesn't even come close to laying his hands on number 91 when he is in there to do exactly that to pick up whoever the offensive line lets through and it was a pretty disappointing rep now later in the game it's fourth and short and the Cowboys are going to run some sort of play action where Deuce needs to read a defender to the left who doesn't come so he needs to scan the rest of the offensive line and kind of look for work a little bit and he just doesn't get there either. He he doesn't get to the block. Doesn't pick up the blitz. That one is a little bit of a tougher play. He he was a little bit of a tougher... That, that was, excuse me, a little bit of a tougher play. But yeah, uh, not, not a pretty set of plays for Deuce Vaughn there. And it gets to the point where you got to question if it's going to cost him some snaps moving forward. And if he could get to the point where... He's a healthy scratch in some of these games, and I hate to say it, but you know, it sometimes it's complicated coming up with seven active players. But I don't know if, if at one point Deuce Vaughn might be in there, depending on the injuries and everything. But we need to see more from Deuce. We need to see more from Deuce. Uh, of course, there is a question where you go, well, wasn't this always supposed to be the case regarding pass pro? And I would really agree with it. But also, it feels clear to me that the Cowboys wanted to put him in these sort of situations. Either that, or they were just straight up didn't realize that it was Deuce Vaughn in there when they called Max Protect. Because if Deuce is there on third and eight in Max Protection, then the Cowboys wanted to see him and he didn't pass the test. I don't know what that means moving forward. Maybe we were overreacting a little bit. But it feels to me that they wanted to see what he had. Because Marcus is right here. He says, we have to remember that Deuce is only 5'5". Five, five, and pass pro things are not what he should be doing in this league. But it feels to me that they wanted to find out. And to me, that's fair. It's fair to find out. Because in the offseason, the conversation was, yes, he's small. But he can use his leverage to win blocks. We didn't get a lot to see. We didn't get to see a lot of that, excuse me, from his Kansas State film because he didn't do it that often. But it's also difficult. This is something that I've mentioned a lot since he was drafted. And I love this. I don't want this to sound like I'm hating on him or anything like that. Uh, I'm just saying that it might cost him some snaps. And it's not like he's getting a lot, anyways. But it's not as easy as you enter the game and you either block or run a route. It's more of during the play, if this I stay to block. If not, I go and run a route. But you can't have you can't have one assignment. It's 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 complicated in the NFL and pass protection for running backs. It's gotta involve reads during the play where either you stay to block during the play or If the linebacker doesn't blitz or the safety doesn't blitz, then I go and run a route. That's how it kind of works. Uh, But I would like to see more from Deuce, obviously, even in spite of these plays, just not blocking, I guess. It might just cost him some snaps, honestly, moving forward. Now, one of those plays, the second one with Deuce Vaughn in the pass pro situation happened in the red zone. And obviously, we are a little bit concerned about whatever is going on in the red zone. I have some reasons to really calm down in that sense. Number one, number one is the fact that, hey, the Cowboys are being a very efficient offense, and that counts. Because that means that you have the guys. Your, your quarterback's playing well. You're seeing big plays from CD. Even though he had some rough moments in week three and everything, he's still the guy. He's still CD. Jake Ferguson woke up on Sunday, 7-for-7, 77 yards. Looked legit when hauling in that catch from, from Dak Prescott's throw over the seam and holding on to it versus the crashing safety. He made some tough catches on the outside. He gained yards after the catch. Overall, pretty good stuff from the offense. Now, what makes me a little bit excited about this whole thing is that at least looking at week four alone, but I think this goes back to week three and week two, it feels like it really is mostly about execution for the Cowboys right now. There's... <laughs> Toxic Tommy you made me laugh right there. He's the short people in general. It's just so limited. Guy's talking about me. I think he's talking about me. Toxic. Talking to me. Anyways, <laughs> all kidding aside, I did laugh. That that caught me off guard. <laughs> Anyways, number one drive in the red zone, and you get Dak Prescott colliding with Tony Pollard. Thing, that's man. That's obviously a a unfortunate thing number two one of Dak prescott's few issues really popped up which is i think sometimes when the linebacker crashes to the to the defensive line and then drops back into coverage kind of like with a simulated pressure Dak sometimes loses sight of them it happened not exactly not quite like that but it happened in week three on the interception at the end of the play you know the linebacker kind of bites a little bit and then just drops back into coverage and Prescott said that he saw it. He, he saw him, and he wanted to put it past him. But sometimes I think that's the miscalculation there for Dak a little bit because it happened twice versus the Patriots, and there weren't turnover-worthy plays. But it was—it's something that, in my opinion, anecdotally seems to pop up consistently when he does make a mistake. And in that second red zone trip, it happened. Like the linebacker crashed. Then dropped back into coverage, and Dak Prescott threw the football and it was batted down by the linebacker. Happened again when the play action thing happened with Tony Pollard, with uh, Deuce Vaughn failing in pass pro in that same drive. There was a play where the linebacker crashed and then dropped back, and the throw went to his hands. It was batted down. So it was little execution things. Brandon Cooks has been so close to scoring a touchdown, in my opinion, in all of these games as well. I, I, I know people have been talking about it already. I think that Brandon Cooks has been close. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker dropping the football. Cowboys are close. And I know close is not quite enough, but I also see little to be convinced that it's not going to get fixed. It's September. I mean, it's already October, actually. But you know what I mean. It's early in the season. I think the Cowboys do fix this in the end. And hopefully it starts on Sunday versus the San Francisco 49ers. Because boy, oh boy, what a game that will be. Let's see some of your comments here. Oh, man. Merciful put me in a, in a tough spot here. He he sent the super chat. And all kidding aside, Merciful, I appreciate the comment. I appreciate the super chat and the donation. <laughs> But Merciful knows what he wants to say. And it is, yes, but the coda is still trash. Appreciate the super chat. I disagree on that. But, but I appreciate the super chat and the support, Merciful, and you, of course, being here and talking some football with me and everyone in the chat. Bob here says, is Dak shell-shocked from the broken leg that is keeping him from running? I talked a little bit about this last week. I feel like, and and this is something that we cannot know for sure, but if I had to bet, it's not that he's shell-shocked and it's not that he's scared to run because I don't see a scared Dak, honestly, when he does take off. I see him lowering his shoulder, laying the boom on the fenders. I think that he's pretty good at Staying on his feet when he wants to make the throw and he knows he's about to get ran over like we saw it on Sunday. Again, there was some pressure through the B gap and, you know, just planted himself, made the throw and it was pretty impressive, even though he was about to get hit in a big way. My theory. Honestly. Is that the Cowboys do not want him to run a whole lot. And. That's my theory, because either that is the case or he's making some misreads from time to time in the read option space. I think there was one option play where he did read the defender correctly, like he stays put and Dak hands it off. That's what he has to do. But versus the Cardinals, there were a couple of plays where it seemed like it was up to him to take off running and he didn't. But I don't think that he's shell-shocked. I honestly think that the Cowboys' philosophy is honestly not letting Dak Prescott run. And I want to see him run more. I am frustrated that his legs are wasted year after year that way. But I do think, and this is just me making a theory here, a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's on Dak. I think it's on the coaches and potentially the front office being like, you know what, Dak? Take it easy. Take it easy on the runs. I think that's the case, honestly, personally. But I will also make it clear that I'm not saying this out of anything like some sort of inside knowledge or anything like that. It's just me making a wild theory that I think can be backed up as an educated guess. But anyways, Catherine says, I've seen Dak run quite a few times and he definitely does do it. But in those read option plays, it feels, it feels to me like there's a lot of situations where he can keep it and he doesn't. And again, I do think that has to do with coaching. Twist misses vertical coaching. Marcus says, I think Dak has been told not to run unless he absolutely has to. And Dak really doesn't know how not to how not go down easy when he does run. Yeah, he will usually just lower the shoulder. Toxic Toms, don't think we have honestly have had a game to really see this offense still. Three of these games are blowouts and the Arizona, his offensive line was awful in pass pro. I absolutely agree with this, by the way. I don't think we've seen the true form of the Cowboys offense and I'm really intrigued by it. I'm really intrigued by it and I'm really intrigued by how the Cowboys look like when we finally need to see it in a close down to the wire game where it's not, you know, I have three backup offensive linemen and I'm not throwing anything vertically, a mistake that Mike McCarthy himself has confessed to after week three. And it's crazy, man. The Cowboys either have had Chuma Edoga at left guard for weeks one and two, or they've had Chuma Edoga at left tackle, Hoffman at center, and TJ Bassett right guard in week three, or now it was Chuma Edoga left tackle for the Cowboys. But again, during a blowout, is week five going to be the week when we finally see the full offensive line? It might be. And that is a perfect segue into the injury updates. Zach Martin is dealing with a quadriceps injury. He is not going to practice on Wednesday, according to what Mike McCarthy said today on the press conference. He said that he was going to be working with the rehab group so do not expect Zach Martin to practice on Wednesday, but he has a chance to play next Sunday. Of course, the other part of the equation is Tyron Smith, who we hope is back. We hope that the fact that the Cowboys kept Tyler at guard means that Tyron Smith is gonna not going to be out for a whole lot. So hopefully he's back practicing this week and ready to play. And finally, Rico Dowdle, also dealing with an injury. He hurt his hip, bruised hip. Uh, A hip contusion is, I think, the wording that Stephen Jones used on the radio today. And he's also not expected to practice on Wednesday, but he's also expected to have a chance at playing on Sunday versus the 49ers. I hope that we do see that offensive line, man. It's been frustrating to wait on it so much. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, uh, but I hope I hope that we see it in week five because if you want to go out to San Francisco and beat the 49ers, then having the full offensive line is probably going to go a long way to achieving exactly that, which is a big game. Listen, Todd Archer posed the question to Dak Prescott where he was like, hey, does this game, What what was the feeling from last year? And Dak had that emotional response where he was like, every day, he almost dropped an F-bomb talking about it. And people have criticized Todd Arker for it. Honestly, miss me with that. Because that is the story. It it absolutely is. You know it. I know it. You see Cowboys 49ers on the schedule. You think about what happened each of the last two years. It absolutely is the story. The question is timely. The question is fair. The question is honestly the first one of that press conference to attack the week five storyline that we are all going to talk about during the week. I I don't get the hate to that question on Twitter. And some people that I really respect have been criticizing that question. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because some people were like, oh, man, that happened last year. Or last season, it's been too many months. Dak is tired of it. Why are you even bringing it up? You know why they're bringing it up. It's the storyline. It might not... Heck, I was going to say it might not play a huge role into this game, but it sure as heck will. Jonathan Hankins was talking about the game as a playoff showdown today because it kind of feels like it. It feels like, I don't want to say a measuring stick because... It's a October game, but it is kind of a measuring stick game, honestly. John says, how old is this guy? Is he 12? Almost, almost, John. Appreciated uh, 24 years old. I know, I know. Mark Aaron heard heard you drop the F-bomb last night, Mo. I can neither confirm nor deny. I, was, I will just say that I was a little bit pissed at Micah Parsons playing la- that late in the game when Bailey Sapi was in at quarterback for the Patriots and you were about to enter Cooper Rush into the game. So I might've dropped the F-bomb out of out of anger. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, John says, if the red zone is going to improve, we need more play action. Oh, I haven't seen like how much play action they have run in the red zone. They have been pretty heavy on play action, but I'm not sure in the red zone. Mo had a moment like Dax's Bruce. Hey, exactly. That's exactly what happened. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I really appreciate it. You guys know that we are live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. And that will be it for me tonight on Prime Time. But do me a favor, though, before you leave, hit the like button for me. Every thumbs up, puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans because that's the way the algorithm works. So if you can help me out taking a split second to hit the like button before we leave, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. And I'll see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.